Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mbudio Gavaza, and for today, we're getting into a conversation um, about uh, the world of venture capital in South Africa, the world of private equity in South Africa, maybe trying to distinguish uh, you know, what all of these are and uh, just getting a sense of that. And we are going to be talking to Tsebiso, uh, Tsebiso who is uh, the CEO of uh, the South African uh, Venture Capital and Private Equity Association uh, that is at Sepiso Kobile and uh, she's just going to be giving us some insight into what um, you know the landscape is looking like um, you know at uh, you know what the landscape is looking like at the moment and also at the same time um, you know some of the key um, you know I guess considerations that they uh, are working with um, you know at the the moment. Tepiso, greetings to you today. Hello, Mudio. How are you? Alive, good, well, and thriving, uh, you know, for today. Um, maybe where we can begin, you know, for today is uh, Savka itself. Um, this is not the first time that we've engaged with Savka, um, you know, on this platform, I think. Our prior engagement was with Mr. Tempequire when you were still chairman. Um, you know, that must have been a year or uh, about two or so years ago, if I remember correctly. Um, so maybe to catch people up, um, when we talk about uh, Savka, obviously, in the name, we've got venture capital, we've got private equity. Uh, but, you know, from, uh, I guess, industry body point of view, what is it that, um, you know, you guys are up to? What is it that you guys are doing? Yes. Um, so as you correctly identified, SAFCA is an industry body. Um, so we represent, and we're a voluntary body. We represent fund managers and those fund managers would typically be your private equity fund managers, private credit, as well as venture capital fund managers who at the moment collectively manage assets that are valued at just over 213 billion. We also represent entities that we call associate members, who in essence are your companies that provide professional services to the industry. So those would ordinarily be your banks, your fund administration companies, lawyers, et cetera. So when we, I, I guess, think about um, um, the sector um, in South Africa, you know, you've got this body that you're looking after. One of the key things that I wanted to maybe understand and maybe pick your brain about um, as someone who follows uh, the VC space quite a bit um, locally, there's this criticism, you know, that tends to happen uh, or that I hear on a number of occasions um, that South Africa doesn't have a true venture capital um, ecosystem, but rather you have a a bunch of people that are, you know, more or less in private equity uh, that are making venture type deals. Um, so I guess it's just question around maybe whatever you comment you can around that particular sentiment. And also, um, as a point of clarity for people that might not, um, you know, fully understand what the difference is between private equity and uh, venture capital. Okay. Um, I wouldn't say I agree with that sentiment entirely. Uh, look, the, there may perhaps be some 
truth to it if if one is looking looking at it from the perspective that um, what has been seen is a number of private equity fund managers that have had the appetite to start investing earlier on in that value chain and therefore coming into what would typically be seen to be the VC um, space. But I do think that the South African VC space, while still nascent and small, if one compares it to globally how big it is, I do think that it is one that as it has been growing um, and it is an it's an area where we started to see even if the volumes are not there, but there's certainly market players in critical elements of that ecosystem. You know, there are players within the angel investing space. There are players within the incubator accelerator space, guys who identify themselves as more your corporate VCs. And we are now starting to see also the investor base starting to become a bit more diversified compared to what it used to be. So I do think that while still small, it is definitely a growing space. Um, And what really distinguishes it from private equity is that your VC fund managers just have greater appetite and are able to invest early on in the life cycle of a business. So if one thinks about that life cycle of a business from very, very early days when an investor is just kind of pulling together money from friends, families, schools, the three Fs as they call them, to (laughs) getting to a point where they start to see some revenue. That's normally where VC starts to be active and covers what we call your seed slash startup and early growth phases. And then as that business then starts to grow and it starts to maybe even break even or if we're lucky, get into profitability phase, that's then where your private equity fund managers would ordinarily play in that life cycle. So private equity comes in where we're now starting to see that growth or expansion of those businesses. You know, a couple of uh, weeks ago on this platform, we actually had uh, Andy Lenglawa, who is a founder of Convergence Partners. They are a large player in the private equity space. And um, we got into, you know, a little bit of a discussion around um, early stage investing because, you know, to your point just now, um, private equity players tend to come a bit later on. Um, and, you know, the question that we posed to him was to say, um, how can we ensure that we have more, I guess, South African businesses that are homegrown, that are scaling locally, um, maybe even expanding internationally, reaching uh, that uh, level of growth where the PE guys then come in. And, you know, very interesting for him to talk about, you know, some of the things that he was you know, seeing, of course, um, he specifically focused on technology, uh, but, you know, across, um, I guess, the various sectors, how are you feeling, um, you know, as the head of SAFCA just around, I guess, the pipeline um, of businesses that are that are coming through um, a country a country like South Africa, uh, because I'm pretty sure that uh, there are many comparisons that are that are usually given between the big 
um, I guess, some of the big hubs um, on the continent and where deal flow is actually going to. Mm. So we would definitely want to see it get to a point where it's far bigger than what it is, especially in a country that is known to be the home to some of the best entrepreneurs, you know, globally, not just on the continent. Um, So I think we would definitely want to start seeing more accelerated growth. Um, When we did our survey last year, we saw, for example, that although if one looks at the trend, we could show that we are now seeing assets under management by VC that have reached the 1 billion rand mark for the fifth consecutive year. The reality is that if one looks at year on year, what that growth looks like, it's not at the levels that we would like to see. And I think there are a number of um, factors that contribute to that. And if perhaps if they were addressed, can move things in a more positive direction. Um, so, for example, with within SAFCA, we are quite active in something that's called the Startup Act movement, right? Which um, is housed or driven by Simodisa as well as other uh, market participants. And what we've said categorically through that Startup Act, for example, is although we have been seeing some positive improvements in the policy space, we still see that South Africa, in essence, just is not um, improving in the minds of entrepreneurs as a geography where they can attract capital. So a lot of the advocacy that is happening in that space are around what can be done to make South Africa more attractive for high growth startups? You know, what are some of the policy interventions that could be looked at um, to facilitate this? I think another area that um, probably still has areas of improvement in my mind is education. I've been invited to a number of platforms, for example, where you will have entrepreneurs who are saying VC is completely inaccessible to us, you know, it only invests in certain types of companies and those don't look like us. So I think there's also a lot of education that has to happen around what VC fund managers look for, the types of entities or businesses they're able to invest in. But then more importantly, the role that other players also play because it can't just be VC that drives the support to entrepreneurs. So I would say those are broadly, in my mind, the two big areas of intervention. And and perhaps maybe related to that, just creating more platforms for entrepreneurs to network and connect with um, VC fund managers. We found, for example, that um, entrepreneurs that go through the incubators and the accelerators get tapped into that network relatively more quickly compared to those that are not as aware. Um, I'm just going to, I'm going to say something and I would, I would be keen to then 
um, you know, get your take on it, especially on the, you mentioned the education piece just now um, around the fact that uh, many of the business owners, startup founders uh, are, are finding VC as being inaccessible. Um, is it an, is it an inaccessibility issue or is it that in a market like South Africa, there's a disconnect between what people think VCs are meant to do versus what's actually happening. Um, and I say that because, you know, part of the VC versus PE debate that happens where people say we don't really have true VCs is that a lot of the time we're seeing that um, the big deals or um, a lot of VC investment is coming a little bit later down the cycle as opposed to the true um, early stage. I guess what some people would call angel investing. I guess it's one of the things that I have personally observed. I think people are, uh, there's a lot of uh, business people in South Africa that are looking for angel type investment, but there's a market that's not necessarily geared towards um, angel type investing. Uh, this is a market where investors are looking for some type of a return or are looking for some type of traction already. Um, you know, am I making the wrong observation there? Um, I, I think you're probably right in that um, there's, there's a lot of work that can be done in growing that angel investment space. I also think that um, the the extent to which VC invests, um, if one looks at where VC invests, for example, in the life cycle of a business, it's also important for one to appreciate that that is also a function of the investor base that those VCs are raising capital from. So, for example, in a market such as a South African market, we are still, I think, at a point where a lot of our institutional investors aren't as comfortable, for example, as other markets, other more developed market, developed market investors would be around VC as an asset class. So that then could also be a constraining factor for VC fund managers in that the pool of investors makes it quite difficult for them to maybe go further down in that um, value chain. Yeah, it is a very interesting one, you know, to think about. Uh, I guess these are some of the idiosyncrasies that come with operating, um, you know, in a country like uh, in a country like South Africa. To say the requirements, um, you know, of your founders might be different from what we're seeing in other market, or you know, we could argue to say that uh, founders across the world are looking for the same thing. But to your point, um, on the other side of the table. Are, are a crop of investors that aren't necessarily willing to take as much risk. And I guess it is worth always keeping in mind that uh, some of the um, some of the VC firms that are out there, you know, have uh, their own obligation to people that are that are backing their investment decisions as well um, inside there. 
I want to just uh, maybe change gears a little bit, Sebi, so to get um, maybe an update of where we are um, right now. Um, there are a couple of numbers that we tend to keep up with. Um, I personally look at the USVC number. Um, I think the last that I checked on it was uh, 2022. And I think at that time, we're looking at 160, 165 billion um, in the US. And I think uh, five or so billion that came to Africa and South Africa was sitting at uh, roughly 15 or so percent of that amount um, in terms of capital raises and or that type of thing. Do we have any updates in terms of um, stats? I know that Safka, you know, periodically, you know, goes, collects the data and pull and puts it out for us. Yeah, so when we did our last survey, um, we normally release the survey um, during the year. So, for example, what we release this year would be the survey that covers market activity in 2023. So the one that we did in 2023, which covered the 2022 year, the numbers came that came through there were that um, about 1.12 billion was invested in 2022 um, into startup companies, in essence, by your fund, early stage fund managers. And when we when we look at you know I guess something like that, um, how do we compare with our uh, our comrades on the rest of the continent? To be quite honest, I actually don't know exactly where they sit at the moment um, in relation to their total funds under management. Um, so I would actually have to get more up to date data in that regard. Okay, cool. To see how we're comparing. What's actually happening? Yes. Okay. Uh, and on that on that front, one of the reasons why I, I ask this is um, because you know when you're looking at some of the big capital raises, some of the big deals uh, that are happening, you know, whether in the PE space or the v, VC space, we seem to. So, what South Africa does seem to uh, be able to do, at least with a couple of deals that. Um, we have seen, I, I'm just earmarking in my head the likes of Pineapple, Naked, I think Planet 24, um, Yoko the year before. There's a, there's, there seems to be big attention from, you know, international, uh, some of the international guys maybe waking up to the opportunity that is there in South Africa. I think so. I, I think so. Absolutely. Um, and I think we've seen a lot of those companies become really successful at then going beyond our borders to go and establish themselves um, offshore. Um, so you're absolutely right in your assessment. Maybe I can uh, get a sense of, you know, getting a little bit of knowledge around uh, Tsepiso as the CEO of Safka. Um, your journey and interest in the space, it's always interesting, you know, when you're leading such an organization to maybe understand the background, uh, because I guess that also then informs, um, you know, what you were looking to do when you came in and how progress has been since you've been in the role. Sure. So I, I, I suppose as a as an individual, I think I think of myself as somebody who is passionate about the role that 
capital can play in society when invested intentionally. Um, my career started off in property finance. Um, I was a property finance transactor with one of the commercial banks and then proceeded to become an infrastructure finance transactor with um, a DFI. And it was during that time that I think I my interests kind of moved from very sector specific, which was property, into starting to appreciate infrastructure and how catalytic infrastructure really is in a society such as ours. So when I found myself at a municipality some years later, um, as somebody who was responsible for linking the, the municipality with business to make sure that um, the way the municipality was investing in its bulk infrastructure was responsive to where business was wanting to invest and grow, it then struck me that um, there's a role in entities such as industry bodies and councils and coalitions where you ultimately have a body that brings together these different stakeholders and almost helps them to rise above their differences to, to, to focus more on the common goals and to direct their activities in a way that ultimately Im improves and enhances society. So prior to joining SAFCA, for example, I was quite active in industry bodies that deal mainly with property and infrastructure. And when this opportunity arose, it, um, it, it was quite attractive to me as somebody who had previously only been involved in debt funding. I wanted to then grow my um, skills within private equity and um, in an asset class that in my mind is instrumental to our growth because of the role it plays in putting capital into businesses. And we know that businesses in our environment are the engines we need for employment. You talk about um, infrastructure and I think on my side, one of the things that I've found quite interesting um, is the fact that um, private equity, from a technology point of view at least, um, has been quite instrumental in helping to build out a lot of uh, your technology and, you know, part of the telecoms infrastructure that we see in South Africa and, you know, other parts of, uh, other parts of the continent. So, you know, hugely um, important from that point of view. Um, where you guys are sitting right now, um, I guess, what are some of the focus areas? What are some of the trends, you know, where you're seeing maybe people's, um, putting their money and that might actually then help, you know, for those that are, you know, looking to start something, if you want it funded, um, you know, it might help them to actually understand and understand, you know, what are the investors actually looking at right now? Yeah, so interestingly, um, when we conducted our survey, we found, for example, that um, if one looks at the broad categories that private equity was largely invested in, infrastructure and energy related made up the bulk of um, that. I think collectively they were sitting at just over 50%. So that for us is quite an interesting trend, particularly given where we're at right now in a country where there's 
a huge need for that. So it's good to see that there's a lot of appetite from your private equity fund managers um, in investing in infrastructure and energy related. And you're absolutely right. When we looked at our VC respondents, for example, ICT was still by far the largest sector for them. It has been for over a decade now. And some of the subsectors that are really driving that are your fintech, edtech, software, et cetera, subsectors. You know, as you were talking just now, Tepiso, yeah, it it struck me the fact that, you know, when we say VC or when we say venture capital, um, there's this, I'm not going to call it a natural tendency, but I guess we've been conditioned over the last couple of years to to almost synonymize VC with technology. At least for me personally, when I think VC, I'm immediately thinking of of a technology of of technology startups and that type of thing but um you know we always have to be cognizant of the fact that there are so many other asset classes that are being invested in absolutely and and i think it it's natural that we kind of default to technology because if one looks at um what typically your vc fund manager is going to look for they're looking for high growth potential and we know that technology inherently makes it possible for businesses to grow very rapidly, very quickly and access new markets. So I think that's why that tends to happen. Oh, yeah, it makes sense when you put it like that. Um, I'm actually going to, you know, just maybe get a little bit deeper into this thought about um, sectors outside of technology, right? Um, you were talking to us just now about the fact that um, you've done, you know, a lot of work um, in the world of finance, but more specifically in places like property. Keen to get your sense on someone who is, let's say, starting out right now. Um, what is your uh, young, I don't know, young person and you're like, you know what, I want to make a dent on the property market in South Africa. I want to you know, either start a fund or I at least want to start investing in property, but, you know, I want, you know, to get some outside investment. What is the best way? Am I going to the bank and getting a loan? Is it coming to uh, the world of VC? Is it coming to the world of, like, private? Like, what is what is a good way? And I ask that because when you see certain... Um, property companies right we've got um the real estate investment trusts which have you know done you know decently um you've got the likes of bowen which have been scaling rapidly in south africa um i'm not too sure about their funding structure you've got the famous example of wework uh, which crashed and burned they tried to align themselves to the world of technology as opposed to being seen as a property company. So just keen to get your thoughts based on your experience. <laughs> so uh, it's, I'm going to disappoint you by saying that um, <laughs> as much as I was a property professional, I came at it largely from the perspective of a lender. You oh, know? Okay. Yeah. And 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 I must say, I suspect that till today, your 
your senior debt is probably the one area that is still the most accessible, I think, to an entrepreneur who wants to grow their property portfolio. Um, And I say that because I suspect that it's so well established because the banks have been doing it over quite a number of years. Um, What we have started to see is we've started to see quite a number of private equity firms that focus on property. Uh, We're not yet enough. Yes. So we've got quite a number of our members who are purely property funds, and that's their mandate. Um, Some focus more on your township development. Um, Others focus more on social housing and rental housing. Uh, but, But we're starting to see some exciting activity there, which is great because I think we're also moving into a space where we've got institutional investors that want real assets and exposure to real assets. And that's the beauty of private equity in that it gives them this access into assets that they would ordinarily not be able to access through the stock exchange, right? So as we're seeing some of these um, subsectors growing, I think for me that's quite exciting because it is meeting the real need of the investors as well. Okay, cool. Now, before we land this conversation, um, Tepiso, maybe to get into um, some of the work that you guys are doing as Safka, I think you sort of touched on it a little bit at the beginning. Um, you know, we've spoken quite a bit about funding. We've distinguished between VCPE. We've looked at some of the trends. Um, we've made a distinction, you know, to say that technology is not the only thing that's happening. It just so happens to excite, um, you know, a lot of people. You've, you know, are educating us about the fact that there are a lot of PE funds that are purely focused, uh, you know, just around property. So it's really great to see and hear some of the trends, um, you know, that are happening in the space. But maybe on some of the work that you guys are doing in the background around, uh, you know, regulation and uh, that type of thing, um, you mentioned uh, earlier on that uh, there's some work that's happening around the Startup Act. Um, you know, where are we, you know, in that, um, I guess in that discussion, we've seen countries such as, such as Ghana, I believe, um, that have been at the forefront of pushing, you know, such agendas, uh, keen to get a sense of, you know, where the essay conversation is now. So, um, I think if one looks at, at that level of, um, intervening to advocate for startups more specifically, because our advocacy efforts are obviously broader than that, in that they are saying, ultimately, we advocate for greater capital allocations to alternative asset classes. And within alternative asset classes, we actually see private markets as an asset class that we believe is well-positioned to give investors the diversification benefits that they need, the exposure to um, sectors that they can't get elsewhere, but also importantly, an asset class that because of how it is structured, it 
is one where investors are able to, through their fund manager, have a real impact on the ground. Because ultimately, how it's structured is you've got fund managers who are taking active ownership in the businesses that they invest in. And these businesses cover a range of sectors from infrastructure to energy to information technology, financial services, real estate. It's such a breadth of sectors that these businesses cover. And your fund managers, in essence, are influencing and driving value in all of these businesses. So our broad advocacy efforts are around creating an enabling environment for these fund managers to be able to attract capital from both our local institutional investors as well as from global ones. Um, so the Startup Act movement is a subset of that where we then say, now startups have their own unique set of requirements and this is what we believe can be done within the policy reform space, for example, to make the environment more conducive to them. And it's, it's we I think the pace is slow. I mean, we saw, for example, last year, there was um, good dispensation made um, in, in the area of, for example, visas. But I think we what one wants to see is reforms that kind of, talk to each other as opposed to a tinkering here and there and there, you know, but given that we think this is something that needs accelerated and amplified effort. Um, so in essence, our activities are organized around regulatory advocacy and making sure that our regulators and policymakers understand what the practical implications are of, re of, of policies that are passed on the asset class and ultimately on the businesses that the asset class supports. We also very strongly promote transformation. And it's, it's something that I think through SAFCA, we've been quite intentional about in rolling out programs that we're aiming to grow the visibility and skill set um, of your Black-owned fund managers and your female-owned fund managers who are battling to attract capital. So we've been quite deliberate about drive, driving transformation through our capacity-building efforts to some of those entities. We also bro provide broader training um, to the industry. And when I say the industry, it's training that we provide not just to our members. We actually see a lot of non-members that come to our to our training um, sessions because they're either wanting to um, pivot into private equity and VC or, for example, they are trustees of pension funds who are wanting to understand the asset class better. So we then offer that training to them to help them understand what the intricacies are, what the what the risks are, how they might go about mitigating them, etc. So I would say those are that's the breadth of our efforts. And then of course we release surveys, research as well, which keeps various stakeholders informed about the key trends, performance. Um, what's happening in fundraising, what's happening in exits, which sectors are exciting, 
and that sort of thing. And we released two surveys in essence to the public, one that deals with private equity and one that deals with venture capital each year. And then the biggest event that we organize is our private equity conference, which is happening next week, where we bring together fund managers, entrepreneurs, policymakers, investors. I think this year is one where we've seen the greatest number of pension fund trustees wanting to understand how this asset class operates. So that is quite an exciting one on our calendar. All right. So it is interesting to hear that, um, you know, all of the things that you guys are doing, um, the areas of research, areas, um, you know, of, uh, I guess, policy formation, um, you know, areas of advocacy, um, some of the, th- some of the agenda items that you guys have looked at, you know, to say that this is what we want to do. This is what our contribution what we want our contribution to be um you know in terms of helping to support um businesses but also at the same time helping to support um you know to make a change uh, when it comes to i guess some of the fund management and maybe that's where we can uh, land today's conversations episode to say um when it comes to I guess where we are now, because uh, your biggest event is around private equity, maybe we can end there, is to say, um, you know, how has that progress been? Um, and, you know, in the immediate, because when it comes to, I guess, any issues of transformation, it's never going to be an overnight thing. Um, you know, there are building blocks that have to be put into place, um, you know, things that need to need to happen, milestones, all of that stuff. Where are we now? What's the most immediate focus, you know, on this journey uh, to transform, you know, again, um, the the landscape of fund managers uh, in South Africa? I, th- I think the biggest focus area for us right now, Mudiwa, is to shift the perceptions of various parties around this asset class. Yeah. Um, and I and I say shift because we actually did a diagnostic study a number of I think it was two years ago, where we tried to understand how they perceive um, this asset class, their levels of understanding, etc. And what we took out of that diagnostic study was that our efforts need to really focus on. Now that people are at a point where their interest has been peaked and they're saying, this is potentially an exciting asset class for us as investors, we then need to give them the capability to make the decisions then that translate into more allocations. So we are strong right now on creating platforms for institutional investors to learn from each other. So we have LP breakfasts, for example, where we facilitate peer-to-peer learning between your large pension funds that have gone down this journey and those who are still trying to figure out how best to allocate to private markets, what the considerations should be, what they should be doing. We also focus on, as part of the overall capacitation of them research. So last year, for example, we released two research papers where 
One was specifically for institutional investors and the other one was for policymakers. And the, the point of those two research papers was to help them see the parallels between their strategic objectives and the ultimate outputs of private equity investment. So we're hoping that as we continue these dialogues and as we build on this research, we can get to a point where we see the asset class growing. We see allocations from our local institutions grow from the levels that they're at currently because now regulation allows them to go as high as 50%, 15% of their allocation towards private equity. So we want those allocations to grow. All right. So that's where we end off for today. You know, very fascinating conversation about uh, the state of venture capital and private equity um, here in South Africa, making a distinction uh, between um, the two the two industries, uh, the levels at which they come into back businesses, and also, you know, some of the efforts that are being made uh, to make sure that uh, there's a little bit more diversity that's being brought into, um, you know, the world of fund management uh, in South Africa. Also talking quite a bit, um, you know, about some of the trends when it comes to capital raises, uh, where is the attention when it comes to um, investor focus at the moment. Um, Also touched quite a bit about investor appetite tight um you know is it the early stage is it the businesses that are growing um you know where are some of the disconnects between the actual businesses uh between the funders between uh, the people backing the fund managers and what are some of the things that can be done uh to actually make uh, things a little bit easier for businesses looking to raise funds um how do we grow an angel investing ecosystem um you know in South Africa together with um, e- um incubation, um, you know, accelerators and those types of programs to actually make sure uh, that we equip uh, people to, to to be the best that they can be and so that we can have even more businesses uh, that are coming out. And it's also, you know, quite interesting uh, to then hear uh, of all of the different sectors that are being supported uh, by VCs, by PE firms and, um, you know, some of uh, the trends from that point of view. So that's been it for today. It has been a really great one. Uh, thank you so much uh, to Tsepiso Kobile, who is uh, the CEO over at uh, the Southern African Venture Capital and Private Equity Association. That is SAFCA. Tsepiso, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from myself and the rest of the team it is a good evening good afternoon and good morning